0: We're live. Go.
1: All right. Hello, not YouTube. Welcome to the next episode of Empathic Futures Labs. Name pending. Uh, retransitioning, pivoting. Um, today, in my coffee, I have a special concoction that only I know the recipe to. But it involves um, uh, what, what spirit catchers. Dream catchers. Dream catchers. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a dream it's in your special. Coffee. A special. Dream catcher related. Has it been coffee? like sifted through a dream catcher to, to keep the dreams out? Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's non hallucinogenic coffee. That's awesome. Yeah. And you don't want hallucinogenic coffee. I'm trying out Maybe this you do. Bluetooth uh, mug heater that like sends Bluetooth waves into your coffee to heat it up, keep it warm. Oh, can and I pick it, uh, that up? Yeah, yeah. But don't, oh, oh, okay. Jesus, oh. don't burn yourself. Okay, geez. Yeah. Really so, it, 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 so it doesn't really do a good job of keeping the exterior of the mug cold. No, if everything's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Do you have any coffee?
0: I have no coffee. I had, I had a little glass of scotch before we started.
1: Yeah, got to loosen up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So to, today, our our discussion is the home plate. Our home plate for our discussion is revolving around interfaces, maybe invisible ones, uh, which is which is something that we read a little bit about recently. And I don't have much more of an introduction beyond that. You guys know more about this crap than I do. Yeah, an interface is like kind of hard to describe. You like when I say interface, that can mean like computer software that creates a menu on your screen that you're you're working through and with to make a product. Um, but in in a more abstract way, it's sort of like anything that exists between you and another object. It's part of how you like uh, rationalize your relationship to it. So, for instance, like uh, Keurig is an interface for coffee with like buttons and like you kind of like lift and close it. It's yeah. kind of creating this new way of it relating to coffee. Um, so it's an interface in that way, you between or this experience between you and the coffee. Right, and I know that we got into this invisible interfaces book. Well, I listened to the second chapter on the website. I know Chris, you 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 read the first chapter, right?
0: I, whatever Amazon gives you as a sample, I read that.
1: Oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah. So it's, if it, if that was the first chapter, or whatever. I think it
0: was oh. like the forward in the first chapter or something along those lines.
1: Right. Do you want to dig in a little bit into what our home plate is for today with the in, invisible interfaces, if, if that's part of this?
0: Yeah, well, okay, so this topic started with this idea of, um, I think it was like empowering technology. It was some Medium article uh, that, that we found, and it was talking about this whole idea of how we've become obsessed with utility over empowerment so in terms of like the apps we use today provide some sort of utility to us but they don't really empower us to be better humans i think is kind of the general gist of what it was talking about and christian and i had a discussion about whether that was true and whether that distinction is useful or necessary uh and and i think with the political climate and the media climate surrounding technology these days i've kind of started to fall more onto the side that that distinction is necessary. But, of course, utility is certainly important. But I think at, at some point, we started to evolve this into invisible interfaces. And if if screens kind of go away, what does the world look like? And how does what does that mean for how we use technology? Is there anything else you want to add well, to that?
1: That's That's something I would push against, the idea that when screens go away, the interface becomes invisible. Because even with screens... Interfaces can be invisible or or render aspects of themselves invisible. Um, If there's a part of your interaction with the technology that you are not conscious or aware of, right, that's that's the interface having an effect on you without you being in control. And that's where people are kind of concerned about, you know, the ethics of designing interfaces, especially if you're, you know designing your interface around psychology, so getting people addicted to Twitter or these kind of content streams or uh, kind of injecting advertisements into those streams um, and matching those advertisements with the content in those screens such that or in those streams in a way that they blend in, they become native uh, and they're able to affect the user. Deceptive little suckers. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, I I think it's okay. I think it's good to critique the language there of invisible. And then maybe it should be something more along the lines of easy interfaces or comforting interfaces or or something like that, where, where it's actually getting to this notion of empowerment, where it's not something that it takes you 15 steps to do, but rather it, it could be designed in such a way, not through a phone app necessarily, but through some other sort of device. Whether that be like a key fob on a car for a car, uh, which is an t- example they brings up in chapter two, um, mm. instead of using like an app to unlock your car, um, and so that's that's sort of I think where that's kind of grounded. But I think the I think there I, I agree there's lots of invisible interfaces that are doing things that in the background that maybe are are a little rude, right? And maybe and I'm like reaching into. Some, some things I read about the study of Technics, Technics, which is like the philosophy of technology, you have this notion that like the, the goal of every interface is to make itself invisible, mm-hmm. to be so perfect that you are not reflexive or you're not self-conscious in how you're using it. It just happens. And I right. think the key fob or the key to the car is an interesting example of an interface that can simplify it. It can hide things that are happening in the background. So you have this guy, so, Yolo yeah. Borgman in the 80s, was concerned with this idea that with advances in digital technology, more and more the user is uh, interacting with technology in the foreground, so you have apps on your phone or you have a key fob, and that foreground is an easy uh, utilitarian environment in which you can work, but it's covering up and hiding all of the complex the complexities of the backend, which gets more and more inscrutable and hard to understand. And so you can't fix your car because it's a Tesla car and it's got whatever junk is in there. I have no clue. Well, it, it can it can play like jingle bells and stuff, and it can flap its wings. Right, it's, it's pretty amazing, actually. And that's what you're supposed to care about is the foreground features. The memes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. I mean, well, mean that, it's that's good. the whole thing about behind Facebook and Twitter right now too, right? It's, it's super easy and easy, quick to digest, and then you have no idea how you got that information or why it was sent to you.
1: Most people don't care.
0: And yeah, okay.
1: We shouldn't. I mean, like you have, I, I think. You know the people who are younger than us, Gen Z, when they grow up with technologies that we didn't grow up with, they're going to be both more intuitive and they're going to take them for granted in ways that we just can't. And that's just how the world works. You know, I'm not upset that I can't repair a car. Maybe my grandfather would, you know, be upset with with you, scorn, yeah. But that's just I'm I'm a product of my time.
0: Right. I don't, I don't really care about my car either. Well, I care about it to the extent that I'd rather it not break, but that's more because I don't want to spend the money on it and I don't really care that I can't fix it.
1: Yeah. My fear is like Gen Z doesn't care about native advertising. Like maybe they're not critical about the media that they're immersed in where Mm. they don't realize they're actually looking at an advertisement and it's very consciously shaping the way that they're thinking about something. So on Twitter now you have Brand identities that tweet as if they're people or as if right. they're angsty teenagers. I love that, especially the Arby's ones that like just do all the uh, the anime art made out of Arby's boxes. Oh, That's geez. my favorite. Right.
2: There's some that That's
1: are the most like, cringy thing in the world. Yeah, and then like you'll get them like replying to each other, and it's it's <laughs> it's very insidious.
0: I don't know. I'd almost wow. That, oh, that is uh, that was wild.
1: bike out there Sunday night. It's like a moped.
0: Wow. I I'd almost say that. Does that make them more conscious of what they're seeing? Uh, I was reading this article, I'm trying to remember where I saw it. It might have been a Bloomberg thing or a Wired thing or something, where they were talking about. Uh, oh, maybe it was, or maybe it was an off-screen. I don't remember where I saw this. Well, it was basically this lady was talking about, or this guy was talking about, how like free media or media presents itself, privacy presents itself in the U.S. versus China, where like the U.S. has less the government doesn't have control over the media uh, supposedly and in china like you are very well aware of the bias of the government and what the go- government's keeping from you and i was talking about how people in china that's like almost their their sort of default mode of like oh i know that there's some sort of bias here there's some sort of government influence here and and they're like very privy to that whole idea of what they're seeing is not necessarily the full score full story but in the U.S. where you're like kind of conditioned to think that there's freedom of speech and freedom of the press you don't necessarily question that as much because you kind of just assume that that's what's out there so I wonder if Gen Z having grown up in this environment this media environment do they Become a little more aware of that because it's like kind of it's native to what they're doing. They're like, okay, this is you can kind of spot the differences in a way between right. what's being talked about in a in a biased light versus what's not. You don't like take for granted as much as you might in like print print media.
1: Yeah, they might be better at it than we are.
0: Yeah, because like I've almost I feel like especially in Arc Daily, not to call out Arc Daily specifically, but they have all these like tech reviews where they're like, oh, look at this technology, and it reads sort of as an advertisement for some sort of technology. It was like the Microsoft, uh, what was that, Studio Surface, big tablet thing, they were talking about the drawing app, and it was, they only mentioned that single app, and I think if you kind of spend a little time, you're like, okay, that's the only technology of this sort that they mentioned the whole article, so it must be somewhat biased in that way. But you almost have to be looking. with
1: with the AR headset stuff, where... AR and VR is not in such a good place right now, but all of the tech blogs and magazines and newspapers are invested in the idea that the technology gets off the ground. And so I think they are all biased towards making it seem more successful than it actually is in reality.
0: Right. So like if you're kind of conditioned to take some of that or be skeptical of that, maybe Less gate and maybe it's less ingrained to believe it and more like, okay, I need to be somewhat skeptical of everything I do, versus does an older generation that's a little more in tune with newspapers and books where it goes through some sort of editing process before it hits you? Maybe they're a little more, a little less skeptical of things that they read. I don't know,
1: right? Well, I mean, you definitely take it for granted the fact that there's a degree of editing. I think, I think millennials, quote unquote, might be positioned well to understand that there is both sides to that coin that mm-hmm. some things are, are well curated and edited and other things are curated and edited from a different perspective.
0: Right. Or well, on I've certainly come and part of this is the media and part of this is like me getting older and, and being more in tuned with what I'm seeing, but I've definitely become more acutely aware of when things are curated in a certain way. Like I, I, I kind of frequent medium less than I used to because I've noticed how much of an algorithm they have there. Like, I appreciate Twitter for your being able to turn off the algorithm and just go chronologically, and then Medium doesn't have that aspect, and I've really noticed, like, if I clap for a couple articles in a row, I get a whole bunch of those, and it doesn't matter based on timestamp or anything, I just get that topic spammed to me, and it kind of bothers me a lot. What if you don't clap? Uh,
1: I don't know, (laughs) I mean,
0: I'm fairly certain they are aware if you click on an article and read through the whole thing versus just click away. So it, it's That's just just, a, um,
1: an interesting topic. Uh, the same thing about these recommendation algorithms. Uh, I listened to a podcast recently, Benjamin Walker's Theory of Everything, where they're talking about like YouTube rabbit holes, and how like the YouTube recommendation engine, like YouTube pretends they they're not conscious of how it works and just automatically picks out videos for you to see. But it seems like the algorithm is optimized to kind of put you into like addictive or unhelpful tracks, right? Or radicals. Uh, where you can have your kind of paranoia increased through videos. Like, you can go quick, quickly self-radicalize uh, as your entertainment is, is shifting to become more and more hysterical.
0: I've heard um, this. <laughs> I've heard this. Like,
1: I think in a world with only extremist videos, right. is there a centering exercise? No. Well, I mean, now like <laughs> the, the the algorithm is totally tuned to get people to fall down these rabbit holes because it's like, how can I get people to watch more and more content more and more frequently right and so it's no you li- have to feed fear exactly it's it's the best way to get people engaged
0: right well i mean the algorithm doesn't know it's feeding fear it's just feeding something like oh you, it just
1: knows if someone watches this video they're you know 20 more, like, more likely to keep watching
0: right keep and has no idea of why
1: and then these videos and right. so i think now youtube is starting to de-platform like extremist videos like often like the kind of right wing Alex Jones universe type stuff, and like that they're not they're not fixing it at the level of the algorithm. They're just like removing just people it from up. the service. Yeah. Right. Which is which is never going to work. No. People will continue to re-upload from other accounts. Right. It's looking at the, the symptom, not the cause, which is engagement is the center, as a metric for the, the algorithm. But anyway, that's that we're getting pretty deep into interfaces, right? If if we're talking about YouTube's recommendation engine as an interface. Right. Right. And and, exactly and that's an invisible one. Right, Imagine right. that, an invisible interface that's could be nefarious. Right. But it could also be good, like, I mean, you know, we've gone into whether or not people are more likely to click on good things versus bad things, Right. But, and, and, and who knows, maybe people are, are more tend to things that would, be, you know, increase paranoia. Yeah, and, and this goes into maybe a future topic of can there be good advertising, so you have to carefully curate uh, an algorithm that can like nudge people in a positive direction if you're thinking about like YouTube recommendations, like, oh maybe you get a video that teaches you how to make pottery, or like how do you how do you take good ideas and put them into people's heads? Because yeah, advertising doesn't want to. The hobby ones are really big actually, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know it unless you're like really really into that. So let's say this certain video game is my hobby, and I kind of watch videos that are centered around that, and obviously I get recommendations that way. But I don't sit here for four hours and just continually watch them I do (laughs) well (laughs) I mean I guess it depends on the hobby yeah YouTube totally (laughs) identified a rabbit hole for me recently I'm trying to make ceramic wall tiles for my Chinese studio and I am learning so much about ceramics it's terrifying it's like (laughs) there's so much out there but is it addictive the 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 knowledge that you don't have all the information and that you can continue to glean more that's exactly it okay it's like I'm, I'm looking for the one video that just tells me everything I need to know, and it's like no video actually does that, and so they just kind of open up more questions instead of really giving answers.
0: Oh, yeah. That's the way um, they get you.
1: Why ceramics is like its whole universe of, you know, craft and practice and experimentation.
0: Right. right. Well, a lot of things are that way.
1: So if that serves as our introduction to invisible interfaces, um, I, I did have a speculation that I wanted to wanted to get into a little bit.
0: Do you, you want to inter- introduce this whole idea of speculation real quick? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I think one thing that we found that we did fairly frequently on the show was we would have a topic and we talk about that topic for a little bit and inevitably we kind of circle back to a lot of the same arguments that we've had in the past. Uh, but every once in a while we would, we would come up with some sort of speculation or potential outcome or alternative present or alternative history, I guess, uh, for, for how a place or things could have been done or perceived. And we wanted to formalize that a little bit with at least have a couple of, of those built into each episode because we found that they could often be pretty fun and goofy and, and enjoyable to talk about. And if that's the most altruistic way that I could say that. The more pessimistic way, or not maybe not pessimistic, the...
0: Pragmatic, realistic. The more cynic, yeah, the more cynical way that we could describe this is like,
1: we just kind of wanted to riff on some weird ideas and absurdities. So, I want to yeah. get messy. I yeah. want like, right. to put my hands in the topics and just wring it out and see what yeah. I get. Right. So the reality is Coulter doesn't actually have a, uh, a Bluetooth uh, coffee mug hot plate right here. And what are you we, talking about? It's right here. Yeah, you're right. It's invisible
0: interface. <laughs> oh, it's
1: built into this mug that you own. Uh, you just never realize. You never turn it on. Oh. Yeah. How do? You, uh, so what is? Where's the button for turning it on? Is there's it no, Buried in an app in my no phone. It's to, just like when the coffee goes in. You have to put the right kind of coffee in there. The ions in the coffee activate the the power mechanism, and you know. It, so you learned all that from your ceramics. No, you no, no, no. When I held it in the right way, it beamed the information through my fingertips. Okay. Yeah, that's a great invisible
0: interface.
1: <laughs> it's all you really need. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So.
0: All right. To your so, speculation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um,
1: I think you may have also had had something in mind, uh. But we can we can get into, we can dig into this one first, I guess. So I was thinking about this invisible interfaces thing, and and the guy sort of had this fetish for just making them go away, uh, making it so it's like a seamless connection between. You and whatever you need to get done, but and and then of course my thought was like, how do I break that? I don't like this idea. That's yeah, terrifying. Yeah. How do I? How do I? How do I break this? Like everything seems too easy. Yeah. So my thought was is like, one of the, one of the issues that maybe we have with our interactions with like phones and devices and screens and stuff is that it's almost too prevalent and too easy, too accessible. Um, so if we made it less accessible and, and more of like a task or monumentality, then maybe, maybe, maybe we might have a vastly different interaction. So what did I write down here? Um, so I'm, my first thought, my first thought was like, what? So this was the first riff that I had on this was instead of like putting interfaces in inanimate objects like phones and screens, it was like, what if you have to interface through people or animals <laughs> or plants? <laughs> uh, kind of like how. Uh, you know, a toy soldier has like a crank on the back. Yeah, right? and you can't you can't turn your own crank. Yeah, you have to like, crank someone else's thing. Yeah. So so like imagine if like the only way to access Facebook was was like you had to you had to talk to someone else about about like their friend's feed or something. I, so know, I, ju- you wanted... I still want a screen. I just want to be on someone else's back. You <laughs> <use your own>. <laughs> 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 Suddenly waiting in line is everyone's favorite pastime. I just <laughs> on someone's back. <laughs> But well, that was, well, maybe, oh, or, or, and so then I, and then I started looking at my guinea pig, and I was like, what if I had to, like, interact with, with your feet in order, in order to access YouTube or something, mm-hmm. and so, and so that was an alternative, and make a zoo a really great place, yeah, <laughs> 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 although maybe it wouldn't be a zoo, maybe it'd be more like, um, the city center, right? So it mm-hmm. wouldn't really be a zoo. It'd be it'd be something where the animals are much more prominent and important, right? That's so I that... do want to jump back into the original idea of like, if what does it mean to interact with a person and they're kind of uh, they become like a spokesperson for Facebook? Or are they like getting information from Facebook, beam into their head, and they're kind of relaying it to you? Right, right. So you have to you have to talk to that person. You have to like ask that person questions. So like, Facebook doesn't ask you to ask. It doesn't make you ask anything in order to access the information. But if you had to actually go out and seek that information from, from a person, mm-hmm. ultimately this idea evolved into like a monument or a totem rather than a person. Okay, so uh, let's jump into that <laughs> scale because I think beaming no, no. <laughs> information in people's brains is kind of scary
0: already. Oh, yeah, I'm not, well, I'm know, not once, into that.
1: Once we, once we beam the information into their brains, we then take the brains out and weigh them okay. to see how much information. All right, okay. I mean, That's the best way to, yeah. to metric it, Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah so so ultimately this this idea evolved from like animals and people and plants like you could interact with a tree it would be interesting you could
0: um, dude in. I'd love yeah, to yeah, ask it, a tree well, question it, we
1: get into that so yeah. hacking is part of a yeah. part of the totem discussion
0: right well, um, I, I bet well, a tree is seen a lot on its dais you know like, well, what is I what what is that, a tree that, witnessed that, over the 300 years right, that it's right, been alive and
1: that, and that, like this whole thing really circles back to my idea that I want to do about like the brave little toaster, like right. an like an allegory of that, where or a retelling of the brave little toaster kind of at an architectural level mm-hmm. where like the objects of architecture have these histories embedded in okay. them. But, how about, but how yeah. about this. um when I want to fuse these two ideas of like you know, these kind of external interfaces for something like Facebook and then this brave little toaster. What if you could assign objects in your home to people? so like let's say that your toaster is is jimmy and your lamp is stacy and then Jesus. aspects of those objects change according to information that's gleaned from them or surveilled from them
0: oh. by the state
1: like, Afro- from online. those people yeah oh. so like let's say stacy doesn't like you so your lamp doesn't turn on and, you
0: know, like, <laughs> and then and then jimmy doesn't Wait, like really, you and so, he burns so her toast. Like your toast like your ability to interface with facebook through
1: your lamp is is Regulated by your by your relationship with your friends. Right, and your your house is haunted by your friends, so you're never alone. Whoa.
0: Or like if your girlfriend's <laughs> mad at you, like your lights red or something, and then you're just like, oh, oh crap, what did I do this time?
1: <laughs> right, but then but then it starts reading reading Twitter posts. To oh no. Or maybe yeah. like that's what your toaster does. Like it, it like it sears like a Twitter post onto your toast in the morning. Oh my gosh. And then you eat it. Now that, now that is a smooth interface.
0: Well, that would be like the best way to have you your... That would surprise. be the best way for news. Like you, you get your yeah. waffle in the morning, your regular waffle, and there's just the news on your waffle. I like it. That'd be amazing. That's actually a good interface. It is. It is. So as you eat your breakfast, you educate yourself about the world.
1: What about avocado toast? So, like, so... Or if you could, like, embroider your toast.
0: Embroider oh. toast. <laughs> what, are, what are
1: millennials that are going to kill the, the avocado toast industry and, and
0: No, I, like, think, I think gonna Gen important. Z is going to kill the kill the avocado toast.
1: Well, good for them.
0: I like avocado you toast. You know, for
1: me, my understanding of avocado toast is limited to your shoes. That's, that's the only avocado right. toast well, I've ever seen Let me tell
0: you, those are actually some really good shoes. But also, have you not had avocado toast?
1: No, I, I'm not particularly fond of avocado. I'm allergic wow. to avocado. Wait, really? Really? Or maybe I just had too. I I flew to the most the sun. I had it too much as a little kid, and then I became sensitive to
0: it. Oh, that is so unfortunate. I love oh, avocados. I
1: enjoyed it too much. <laughs> Man, you
0: you're like the ultimate hipster. You were you were eating, you ate too much avocado toast before it became cool.
1: Did you have a mustache as a child? I was born with one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, so totem life. So, so this, so this riff on uh, animal and people interfaces. I, I, I like the idea of like connecting objects to people, but we can, we can dig into that one a little bit later. I want, I want a workshop. Like, what is it like to walk up to a, a totem? Well, yeah. That's so. That's where. We're, so, I want to describe the totems first, okay, and then, and then we can workshop this. Right? Okay, okay. So, like, this is the creative exercise that we're looking to introduce into each episode. So, so the idea is, like, maybe they're state-controlled totems, or, or then, then I also sort of went into the reality, like, maybe, maybe, like, you have a totem. Like, you have a representative totem for yourself, and, like, each person has their representative totem. Yeah. I, think exists, the totem. But, I think you are the totem.
0: What? I think you have to be the totem yourself.
1: No, 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 no. Like that's that's the people interface. This er. is this is the physical er, interface okay. where you have to interact with the physical object, right? Okay. So Isn't... it's a different reality. Okay, wait, are they human shaped or no? No, 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 no. It's it, it could be. It's like totem shaped. Ah. Can you describe what totem shaped? <laughs> well, so, you know, I was talking about spirit catchers, and like this is this is horrible. But you know, sort of the like the idea that you have this stack of objects. Okay. That that are sort of representative in some way. Like uh, a Toblerone. Sure, but like a totem. you know a totem pole?
0: a uh, A totlerone?
1: <laughs> Tot- tot-ler-one. I, I, I want it to be like a monolith, but yeah, 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 or Like maybe it's like toy blocks that are in a stack, yeah, yeah, either way, so so you have these totems, and like they have they have sort of they have their totems, so they have adaptive components, and they can grow over time by adding more components. okay okay, and you can obviously swap out the components then,
0: so it's like a reverse tottlerum
1: god dang it um, <laughs> um, so so this is this is the only way in which you can interact inter- interface with like the digital world and you can do that through your maybe you can't do that through your own but you can only do it through others I don't know it doesn't matter so then if and, you have
0: no friends you can't interact with the digital world
1: no it, okay so you, you, have, you can interact with your own alright whatever <laughs> but they, they become like a series of landmarks and I kind of imagine it like the state version of this would be like the national mall Mm-hmm. where the totem sort of achieves achieves these prominences, right? where where people are in, inter, able to interact with your totem and sort of they have to see the digital interfaces through your lens. Um, Wait, so are you just sort of dropping off your... What do you call, like, an individual unit in a totem? A piece. How <sighs> kind of about just a bead? A bead. Okay, we'll call it a bead. Let's so call you, bead. let's say every human has a bead. A tote bead? Are they, like, dropping their bead off at a totem in their town or, like just carry around with them. I don't, I don't mind that idea. I know no, I think the, so the idea of the totem is that it, it's sort of prominent and fixed at a certain place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you leave your bead somewhere, maybe you can move it, maybe there's like a regulation on how often you can move your bead. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but it's it's sort of at a fixed place so that you're you're greatly restricted in your amount of access that you have through the digital interfaces because that like the whole problem uh, my 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 perspective here is that like the problem with interfaces isn't the interfaces themselves because they're like a lot of the times they're quite good, and they're good at doing what they need to do or what they're supposed to do, designed to do at least. But rather, it's our addiction and accessibility to those. Right. So if we if we fix the access, how you access the the interfaces mm-hmm. through through like this physical object then then you can kind of manipulate it that way manipulate people's behavior that way mm-hmm. like, and then like you can kind of imagine that the, each totem would have an area of effect kind of like a Pokemon Go uh, point right Is where it like a Bluetooth mug heater that heats you up as you get closer to it? yeah sure okay um, <laughs> but where where you get within a certain area and maybe you're like Hololens or something can can start to access the information at that point. Okay, so you're so in my head, I was thinking this was digital technology in total, but you're really talking about connectivity. So like the internet.
0: Right. You're or creating a mesh. It's th- It's like a mesh network.
1: It's really about interfacing with information. Right. Yeah. Spatializing. Yeah.
0: It's like you're creating a mesh network as opposed to a, where you like have all these totems create points on a mesh, and that's your more, network.
1: More, more or less. Yeah, it'd be interesting if like let's say you had a bucket, and it's a virtual bucket. Or digital bucket, okay, and you don't have constant access to the internet. You have to go to like a virtual spigot that's like in the town to fill up your bucket, and like that'll that'll give you like the tweets and stuff that are like new, and they fill up your bucket. But like once your bucket's filled, then you can't access for another twenty four hours or whatever. Right, right, and then like you can submit stuff to the internet, but you're not guaranteed to have other people see it until they fill up their bucket. Right, Hmm. yeah, I I think I think the notion that you connect it to a physical object in space. I, I'm fascinated by that but, yeah. then, but then the idea is like once it becomes physical then then maybe there's ways for people to manipulate it in, in mean ways where where you start hacking it or you sort of mesh together a certain amount of totems to do
0: things for you that you want them to do hmm. uh, and change what people would see see I don't know if I necessarily have an issue with that so so I actually arrived at a somewhat similar conclusion but from a, a, a different a different avenue so when I was thinking about these interfaces and the invisible interface and what does that mean? I kind of, I went down the road of like, okay, so like a future interface, at least based on how things seem to be trending is maybe a little more ubiquitous and also a little more gestural in some way, as opposed to like screen-based you're like moving your hands around or saying something and, and that becomes like some sort of interaction with the digital world. But on the other, and then once you do that, it's like, how do you start to read? How does it become ubiquitous? And how do you start to read these gestures? So is is it a is it a gesture based system where you have like a smartwatch or headphones or 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 eyeglasses or something that are constantly watching your hands, or is it sort of this place based thing like these totems where that they're all around and constantly sort of watching you and understanding like what you're gesturing, but that's kind of super creepy and computer visiony. Um, I like it, but I, I think what was kind of key some of these keys to this idea that you also brought up are like. How do you make it, and I think this is like super interesting about having it place-based and physical, is how do you make it accessible to everyone and how do you make it sort of equitable to everyone? And as soon as you start to give people devices that they have to carry around and this device is your key to access a network, then it becomes not equitable or not accessible to everyone. Like how do you deal with that with poor people and and people who can't, old people and whatnot?
1: Right, and I, I think one of the things... And one of the ways of dealing this with this is like my iPhone, it, it understands my face, right? Mm-hmm. And like that, that technology could be part of a totem, where right. you don't need an object that you necessarily have to carry around. You just just kind of have to look like yourself.
0: Right. Well, uh, it's it, it's so interesting because it's not like it's a, you're, It's not you're necessarily required to carry around an object. It's like it's using something that's inherently, inherently you to like tell you it's you. Right. right, As opposed to like, it's not your watch saying this is me, it's your face saying this is me. Which I right. think is like a much better system.
1: What are you drawing here? Oh, I have an idea that, so you have these beads and they represent you, they represent your kind of stake in a place, and it, it can also like, represent your interests. And let's say like, your your village or your town, like, you throw all your beads in a uh, on a totem, basically. The idea is like information from the outer net, like global information, is filtered through those beads, and then... through the whole through the the cumulative beads. So not just your own, but right. the whole town. So right. you, you an like, altered perspective. And then you fill your info bucket with what gets filtered through the beads, and it's basically like a system for understanding how like information is made relevant to you and your community.
0: Oh, so and like I... sort of the the composition of everyone's beads together could sort of change the information in some the way filter, yeah. filter and, the information differently. And,
1: yeah. And it's possible that your beads are actually small. And, I, like, I like like this size beads. Okay. He, he, he just made a gesture like he just stretched his arms out. <laughs> 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 um, but maybe it's like your bead is just a, is more of a metaphor. So um, you're, it's something that you carry around with you and it's already presumed that like your relevancy filter will be like an area of effect around you, so like your town mm-hmm. size. Uh, but if a lot of beads get into the same area once then something starts to happen where there's like maybe like it's able to generate or release more information if more people are together in one spot or something huh. like. So
0: something like
1: that would encourage more like public gathering.
0: right. So like you're in a town square and if if a hundred people are in the town square together interacting and placing their beads, it's, then yeah, it, you get more information or more access to the network because yeah. you're all together. That's cool. I like that
1: that one's good. And maybe you're like sharing. So like, let's say you're in this, maybe like a bead collective or, but maybe the bead collective becomes a totem. If it becomes kind of like, let's say you have like 10 beads in in a very small area, like a coffee shop, then that becomes represented as a totem. And it's trying to invite more people to enter that space or maybe try to get people to go away. But then you can get things like town meetings and discussions and stuff.
0: Right. So it's almost like it's quite literally the sum of your, parts are greater than that That, that, that yeah
1: that's really good I mean obviously that encourages implicitly that encourages social interaction and then yeah a bead that's alone doesn't get a lot of information so you get like a base level of information that you need to survive but I think information that excites you or, or entertains you is only accessible by sharing in that experience right so I mean we talked about the radicalism radicalization of like youtube or something so like you could definitely curb that sort of activity when I mean, you have to experience that information in the in the in the context of right
0: that. are people less willing to watch alex jones if they're at a local coffee shop
1: <laughs> you know? maybe they can start laughing together instead of being terrified
2: yeah 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 i mean that's 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 true
1: too is like you could you could i aquaman i think was more fun watching together than yeah. it would have been alone because we could kind of t- laugh at how goofy it was
0: right well i mean and that's it's funny you brought that up because that's kind of how i'm imagining these beads like you know how they like slammed that thing into the the like ancient uh technology piece into the 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 light up thing and then right. amber, amber Heard's like oh we need water and she like pulls a drip of water off of aquaman and like sticks it in there like that's how i imagine these beads like you're pulling a drip of water off your sweat and you're sticking it in there it's like there we go there's my bead
1: this strikes me very much as like a state <laughs> sponsored technology so maybe like the government's allowed to track the location of beads very accurately but if you don't want to be tracked or if you want privacy then you just leave the bead behind
0: well it seems like right. this would they be a masses. great exactly. uh, well it seems like it'd be a great blockchain sort of
1: yeah in a way black beads
0: black beads Bead chain,
1: totem yeah. Chain totem. <laughs> I think totem. I think totem is a startup name that is going to happen. How about
0: mm-hmm. how about totes chain? Totes chain.
1: No god. No, <laughs> that's terrible. Totes beads. It's like two chains. <laughs>
0: uh, so
1: I think I think this is a reasonable format. If if like if we don't have a whole lot more else to say about this, I don't know what we're at in terms of time on the recording. Right.
0: Thirty-eight minutes. Okay,
1: that's, um, that's reasonable. I have a. Yeah. I have another thing that yeah okay. too well, i was I was gonna say, like as we kind of work through the formatting of the show, yeah. where we introduce a topic, talk about it briefly, somewhat critically, and then jump into like one or two speculations. maybe like one or two of us is dedicated each week to come up with like a speculative alternative, or whatever. I, no,
0: I think we all all three of us do it, and then whichever one seems the most interesting or whoever is most passionate just takes it. okay. because I think right, that, yeah, that I will lend the best funny. ideas.
1: Gotcha. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably a fair fair way of going about it because we don't have to get into everything each time. But no. yeah, that'll be good. All right. You you got one. Um, okay. So I discovered a new dimension in technology. Okay, and here we go. It's a new form of distance. So this is actually connecting to the totem and beat idea. Wait, is
0: this real? Like an actual new dimension? Well,
1: this, is, this is totally real. Oh. completely real. Yeah, just, just like, like the Bluetooth coffee right, right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Fact, I don't know how you haven't heard about this yet. This new spatial dimension. The scientists are talking about it. Oh, okay. Lots, lots of lots of people. Um, all the people doing all the things. Now you're so
0: starting to sound cool. like our guy Donald.
1: With uh, how do we get people to get off their phones uh, to decrease their screen time? Um, and, and what are we increasing if we're decreasing their screen time we can we can take comments at the end of the panel way. <laughs> 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 okay then okay so um, on my phone yeah, uh, there's, there's something a well called uh, glasses there's something called uh, white or, Sorry, turn down <laughs> mode, wind down mode, I think is on Android, and then there's uh, hue shifting, or what? or sunset mode, I guess, where they they start dimming the screen. Oh my screen oh, actually turns black and white. When night mode? Night mode? What?
0: Night night mode?
1: Night mode, or um, wind down mode is what my Android calls it. Mine call mine's called night rider mode. Night rider mode. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's very small. I call um, qualitative changes that your screen undergoes to, to kind of like slowly push you off the service uh, to make it less enticing to keep to not have you stay up late at night um, there's some research about like blue light coming from screens affecting your uh, circadian circadian rhythm so you can't sleep as well but i have a new metaphor uh, or I, I didn't come up with it it already exists and i can't believe it's not already in our phones is uh, bezeliness as the new dimension so the idea is, so I just, just rolled my eyes a lot. <laughs> so, here, here's what happens: instead of the screen um, becoming black and white, the the contents on I the screen going. Like, they start shrinking very slowly. So you know, like let's say you have your, you're, you're holding your phone
2: and like it's like the the black borders around your phone are getting bigger because those pixels are turning off, oh. and because your screen is
1: so high resolution. It's just like that screen you can still use it but it's getting smaller and smaller and shrinking and going away until like your phone screen is like a two inch by three inch screen inside your phone and at some point it just becomes too small to operate and and that's how you kind of wean people off screen time
0: i like this idea (laughs) or maybe you just have an allotted you have an allotted amount of time here you get 10 minutes of screen time and after that you're just you're just screwed I'm sorry just buddy. Like,
1: no, 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 I think the physical nature of it's really important. I like like that it's it, doing something. Well, I like that right. it's shrinking so slowly that you don't notice it. But at some point it becomes unusable, uh, right? And it's up to you. Yeah. So like you could be losing one pixel every two minutes uh, from the edges and it's just creeping inward. And, and it's like the screen is getting away from you in a new dimension. It's like your distance from the internet is increasing. And it's shrinking away. Oh, that's so what's pretty that, great. What is that axis called? The i-axis, the b-axis B for the bezel. T- the bezel, bezel, and bezel axis. axis. Okay. But like all your technology could do this. So let's say um, the volume on your Google Home that talks to you just keeps getting lower and lower, and you can't turn it up anymore. Right? Like the volume's decreasing. Like it's getting further away. The screen's getting smaller because it's getting further away.
0: This is way too practical. So
1: that's why. That's why it's a real thing. <laughs> this isn't a speculation. It's real. Very reasonable. Um, ah, yeah. I think it's awesome. It's, it's Is there, and is there is, any way you can make it more absurd, please? Well, that's that's where this was an example, and this this already came up with. But I think it, I don't want to actually call it bezeliness. I want to call it uh, Sisyphean filters. Where oh, it's yes. like you're making the difficulty and absurdity of a task increase very slowly over time, to the point where someone just hates it. What if you? What if it messes with the actual pictures that you can take? So if you're trying to do a selfie, what if it's just like keeps the zooming in and zooming right, in. Right, so you right, can't right. actually get a good selfie. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or like it's like it, uh, the, the pretty, up, pretty fine filters. Oh, yeah, yeah the face. filters. They, they start to turn off. They become neutral, and they make your face a worse. <laughs> 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 but also, like, in a car, if you don't want people to travel, maybe, like, it becomes harder and harder to push down the pedal. Oh. And, and, like, now you, you have tr- cruise control, but the cruise control slowly decays. So, like, you're constantly having to reset it. Oh. So you're, you're making the tasks more difficult as a way of uh, uh, okay. enticing people or getting people excited. Right, 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 and that's, that's sort of, that's a different way. Uh, because that's, that's the direction that I was kind of coming from, but definitely definitely a more practical way of, of, of thinking about it um, than, the, than the physical beat totem. So what's a task that you shouldn't be doing that we could engineer to make a little bit harder through the magic of technology? McDonald's. Okay, so you don't want to go to McDonald's. I do. But maybe it's getting harder and harder to swipe your credit card. Like it, Like the amount of times it misreads your card and you have to re-scan <laughs> it. Like, it's like there's a possibility of having to do it again and that it's awkward. Right, so races. after two times within a month, the, the potential that my card's going to fail is 50%. Right. I like it. And then okay. you're just standing there in, in front of people embarrassment. Embarrassed. Yeah. Because the person has to scan your card six times before you're able to pay for your burger. But it doesn't even work. Like after two times, like there's a fifty percent chance that it's gonna fail. No, no, no. Well, my whole thing is it needs to be a sliding scale. Where like you can't you can't say after two times, I'm screwed. It's like it's just slowly ramping up the difficulty. Okay. Um, and you can't perceive a a change, a wind change or a scene change. Got it. Um, but is, is that something that would be invisible or is that something that you would know about? I think you, <laughs> you sign up for it and they make you forget with pills. <laughs> forget. <laughs> uh, I think you would... Um, yeah, that would be another thing where maybe uh, at first it's like an opt-in thing but then no, they no, just no, make what it just makes it harder to opt out. What if it's out? just hidden within the fine print? Right. So you, you, so like, it's just something that you automatically agree to like the first time you swipe your card at McDonald's like you have to agree to their new terms and conditions right right and and within those terms and conditions these, these things are sort of written in but, but, and, and like someone talks about it in an internet article and it's a big fuss right but you do it anyway, you don't really care and you don't really believe it right. I also want it to be harder to opt out. So like there's a men like first it's like a menu like let's say you're, you have a habit of opting in and out. So the first time you opt out of the system, like it's like a button that's hidden in the back of an app. But then like the next time, like the button doesn't work, you have to call in somewhere. And the third time you you have to go somewhere. Or
0: you you just have have to like push the button 50 times.
1: And and yeah, you have to push a button in a location. And then like, you start having to talk to people. You start having to like handwrite letters about why you you don't want this inconvenience. (laughs) So it's making inconvenience increase. Increasing inconvenience. Yeah. Maybe that should be like, and interfaces and in inconvenient truth. <laughs> so Chris, can you think of something you want to make more difficult through the magic of technology?
0: Eating out was a good one. More difficult. Skipping the gym after work. Oh,
1: that's good. That's yeah. Good... Like, how can technology... Like, it just be more and more annoying to wake you up or force you to go. Maybe your belt gets tighter and you <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, um... Oh gosh, that's good. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of, of like you just continually get these really annoying reminders from your phone. So each time you're like doing some activity on your phone that you would otherwise you otherwise could be going to the gym. Right. Um your your phone just keeps being more and more irritating like the paper book guy. Right. Or maybe it starts sending embarrassing photos of you to your friends. It's like <laughs> <right>. <laughs> 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 or, or, and or like you can't you can't do anything unless you take a selfie and send it to your friend like a bad selfie so like the phone knows what a bad selfie is and yeah. you have to send that okay to your crush <laughs> well
0: what then the when phone? then when you're married then you're just then it doesn't really matter anymore
1: <laughs> yeah i kind of wish the youtube recommendation engine would get worse the longer that you use youtube instead of like more accurate it's just like it's right. it understands what videos you want to see and, and it gives like, you the opposite or it just it the amount of interestingness to the video decreases and then like it just starts veering into topics you're not interested in, and then you're just like, oh, this is, I hate this. And then you get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if you are really, really tied to understanding framing of a building, Mm -hmm. right? And then and, and so I'm looking at the wall, I'm like, what what can we talk about? So if if you're if 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 you're really digging into wood framing construction and you've been in there for way too long and YouTube's like, No, you've had enough wood framing construction for the day. I wonder watch if this watch. has ever
0: happened to anyone. That they <laughs> just watch too many wood framing videos. Like is that a thing?
1: <laughs> but then and then and then uh, you ultimately have to watch bartender videos. Right, bartenders. Yeah. Bartenders I mean, just I mean, shake things over and over again. Right or right. <laughs> <Someone's> <laughs> friends. <Someone's> friends. <laughs> oh, gosh. Or just like a 10-year-old talking in front of a web camera. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> it, you just have to watch cringe compilations. Yeah, yeah. I'm Those not. are actually pretty funny. Far- I mean, yeah, maybe YouTube figures out what you're afraid of, and it starts uh, in- inserting jump scares in a video. <laughs> <is> <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. It edits, it edits in all its own videos. Ah! Um, interfaces huh interfaces yeah. i think these, these are interfaces. so much these are so much better than good interfaces yeah we want to make bad ones so that you're not addicted to them yeah or like we want to get you if your car breaks down and it forces you to learn how to fix your car and like it's like engineered into the product it's like this like easy way to get you to open up your keurig and figure out what's inside it you and know so i like this sort of synthetic breakage yeah that's that's
0: a good idea. So. So elements that break to force you to understand them. Yeah. I mean like there's like like that's kind of postmodern architecture, right? Like it broke itself
1: so that like people would understand it and and people were just more broken. Right. <laughs> how can like how can Rhino or Revit break while you're using the tool in a way that doesn't just make you throw your computer out the window?
0: I don't know. I feel like that's hard to that's hard to do. And the
1: question is how do you like get it to break? in such a way that you like contemplate architecture <laughs> instead of just get upset. Yeah. That, that's a big question. I do like the idea of like you know in, in RPG games, you have like a lucky stat. and I feel like the real role you have the more... bad luck protection is what you're saying. Well, I, I'm saying like you could actually introduce an element of luck and unluck to interfaces and and, and in that way, because you can't depend on them, you can't rely on them, you can't take them
0: Oh, right. Yeah, so like you try and open the app and then it fails? Yeah. And there's like a 60% chance of opening correctly?
1: Yeah, and then that, that scale is, it's not, it's not strictly 60%. It's a progressive scale. Yeah, it's right. and it's reacting to other information.
0: So I've, I've I've passed my open Facebook 10 times a day threshold, so now every single time that I open the app, it gives me a 5% chance, extra 5% chance of failure.
1: Yeah. yeah. You could also make it so that it takes longer to load the page.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: right. I think that one's better. Yeah. yeah. You could make it so sneaky that you'd never realize that it's shaping your behavior.
0: You're rate limiting. Right. right.
1: But then you just end up wasting more time. No,
0: Hopefully you give up eventually, <laughs> right? it
1: think you to doing other things. Yeah.
0: Hopefully you just give up eventually after staring at your screen for 10 minutes and realizing your app's not loading. It's like, screw this. I'm no, out.
1: Gotcha. Sure. You're like back on dial-up, like internet your internet just like decays back to the 90s and then like, like one image takes like a minute and just the pixels are like going
0: off the screen. I would be, be so tilted after that.
1: <laughs> but you don't understand why. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's a, there's a lottery system and uh, if you fail out, then like you have to live like it's the 1800s and that's, that's how we're like teaching people how to live. Is like we have these zones and it's like your level of technology... And convenience will increase or decrease. Yeah. Sporadically.
0: So next time I'm in Champagne, I'm going to use up all of your bandwidth and you're just not going to have electricity for the next week.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of your machines break if they're invented after like 1940. (laughs) And like that's how you just have to live for the week. You have to figure out how to like email or communicate with your boss without email. (laughs) It's invaluable. It's like like a weird form of fasting
0: yeah unless digital you fasting. unless you uh digital fasting <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> There's a billion dollar idea.
1: nailed it digital fasting like that's that's the next hipster trend
0: i think that's actually already a thing
1: but they don't call yeah, it digital but, fasting. yeah we 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 have way cooler ways of dealing with it what do they call it i don't digital know cleansing digital, digital cleansing,
0: cleansing oh, seems right
1: oh, digital colon cleansing cleanse your digital colon they don't we call it cleansing I know. It's like a digital sabbatical. No. I don't know, man. Uh, but digital fasting is like the right amount of stupid to work. <laughs> <laughs> digital lent. Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: there's, there's definitely a right amount of stupid that everything needs in life.
1: I think so. Even this podcast needs the right amount of stupid. Right. You can't that's have too much here. stupid.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Uh, I don't I don't have a whole lot else to add. Did nah. you want to talk about Fisher-Price toys?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, T- to, to, get, to circle back to our home plate. Right, so interfaces. I think the world should be more like Fisher-Price. Like I I thought the future was going to have more giant buttons and knobs and like primary colors <laughs> than it does. <laughs> and I think like the Apple home screen is kind of getting there, but I really want them to be like in my wall and I want it to like, make goofy sounds when I push them. I want to like... <coughs> I, wanna, <coughs> yeah. I want it to be like the Star Trek bridge from the sixties.
2: Was uh, it? Oh,
1: it's just covered in glowing.
0: <laughs> you, know, you know, what your problem is. You know why that didn't happen? There are too many architects and designers in this world.
2: They're no fun. They like black. They
0: like white. They don't. They don't make noises like Christian just made. Fortunately. Yeah, like, <laughs> a...
1: The world is just like so self serious. You know, if you if you're like tracking someone. Online, it should be making like homing signals, like a radar and stuff. Yeah, I mean, so there's these books that you used to play with as a kid. You'd press the button and make an animal sound. Right. Where's that? It's missing. So I think in my alternate future, Fisher Price is in charge of like all the new tech. Like, and everyone, everyone's like a subsidiary of Fisher Price, and uh, everything's injected plastic, primary colors, uh, and everything makes like a nice clicky or. Boopy boopy sound. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> so what what sound would you attribute to Google when when you click search? What? What? What's the Google sound when you click search?
1: Boop, boop. I think I would hire you. Of, of sounds. Of <laughs> I think it'd
0: be I think it'd be funny if, if when you search Google it made the Bing noise.
1: Bing. And there's no volume slider. Just has to make the noise. <laughs> <laughs> like all the sounds are like mechanical. They're not coming through a speaker, and it just Pink. It's like the the clicky noise that the turning indicator makes in your car. Right. There's a tactileness to the sound. Like, if we need that.
0: All right. Am all I right. in a car right
1: now? <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. Uh, welcome to Culver's Can I take your order? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing the cut line
0: happened somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> cut line is happening right about now. Thank you for listening. We had fun.
1: We'll talk to you later. And on that note, yeah, totem life, man.
0: Boop. Totes. Totes
2: an episode.